I had the opportunity to preach. I want to say thanks to Chet, Pastor Chet, for, uh, uh, you know, again, giving me the opportunity to share something uh, with you guys. So I, I appreciate that very much. But also, I think I, I mentioned that, um, you know, uh, when I ask a question, I'm, I'm kind of anticipating a response from you. OK, I, I'll let you know. When the question I ask is a rhetorical question that you just need to like answer in your head or in your heart, you know, most of the time I'm looking for a verbal, you know, verbal response. Okay, so I hope you're, you know, hope you're comfortable with that. If you're not, then get comfortable with that. Okay, are you comfortable with that? Yeah. There we go. Very good. Yeah, excellent. And uh, so, just want to give you that little reminder in case you've forgotten or if you weren't here. In case you know, this is a, you know, uh, uh, if you're if first time for you or whatever, or just weren't here that week, then now you know, okay? So anyway, Revelation chapter 3, okay, we're going to look at verses 14 to 22, and, and uh, the title of the sermon, I'm usually not too much on titles because I'm not really very creative, but, uh, you know, lukewarm with a question mark, and, you know, the answer, the, the question is, are, are we lukewarm, or maybe are, are you lukewarm? Is it time to, to take our temperature? Because the text we're going to look at this morning from Revelation chapter 3 does not have pleasant things to say about being lukewarm. Okay? Alright? Um, and we're going, to, we're going to discover that together in a few minutes. Okay, and if you're familiar with this passage, you know, you're, you're, going to, you're already thinking in that direction maybe a little bit. So try not to. Let's all try to get there together, okay, if we can. But uh, as we just enter into this time of looking in the Word together, let's... Let's decide now that we're going to let the Word of God speak into our lives as individuals, but also to speak into our life as a community, as a community of faith, as, as a body, okay, as the body of Christ, as a church together. As, let's, let's allow God's Word to do that. Because um, maybe allow is the wrong word. How about listen? Because God's Word's going to do that. You know, whether we allow it, it's not like God needs our permission to use his word to speak into our lives as individuals or into our life as a body, but we definitely can listen or not. In fact, it's interesting that uh, uh, here the passage we're going to uh, read uh, will have a little section that says, let him who have has ears hear. Okay, so let's have ears to hear. This morning, may that be our our commitment and our prayer together that we would have ears to hear what God's word has to say to us. So let's look together. Revelation chapter three, beginning in verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I, I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched and pitiable and poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. 
So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, this this text this morning that we've just read and that we're looking into is a letter to the church. And it's it's kind of distinct because in Revelation there are seven letters. But this one's kind of distinct. Most of the letters in Revelation to the church begin with, a, hey, here's what you're doing good. They, they, they kind of start with, I'm, I commend you for this, but you need to work on this. Here's the issue that I have. But here, the church of Laodicea, do you see where it goes right away? It goes straight to, here's the issue that I have. Okay, But before we get to the issue, I think there's a first step. And the first step is, who is this message from? So who is this message from? That's one of those question deals. Who's it from? It's from Jesus. It's from Jesus. It's, here it says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. This message from the risen, exalted Christ to the church at Laodicea. And, and Jesus wants to make it very clear that it is him who is giving this message, who is writing this letter, who is uh, not, who, who's sending this message through John to the church. And, and, and there, there's really kind of two components to that that this is from christ one is that this is from the lord okay this is from the the lord jesus christ and there's some divine authority and power from a message from christ and, and so it needs to be received that way. And so probably this morning, you and I, as we delve into this text together, need to realize that, man, this is a message from Jesus. The one that many of us call Lord. Lord means master, boss. Okay? And so we would do well to listen, but not just listen, heed this message. Obey it. Conform our lives to it. So, you know, this morning, let's let's decide together that that's how we're going to approach the text. But then also, Jesus is described here as the amen, the true and faithful witness. You know, that, that amen, I mean, this is, you know, uh, God's yes to all the divine promises. You know, God's confirmation, his amen. True and faithful witness. That means that Christ's view is the true view. Okay? Christ's view is the true view. And there's a danger. Because sometimes we like to think that our view is the true view. And so, often when we are called upon to... to 
examine ourselves, examine our lives. Here's how it goes. Well, um, I notice that I attend church more often than so-and-so. So, I must be pretty good. And, okay, and I know that I put more in the offering basket than so-and-so. So, I must be doing pretty good. And, you know, you know, you won't see me in some of the places that you see so-and-so. Okay? All right? You know? We begin to compare ourselves to others, and that becomes the standard, and then that becomes the true view. So my view is the true view of myself when I take that approach. And, you know, Jesus told us about a guy. I believe he went to the temple and he prayed something like this. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I, I, I thank you that I'm not a thief or an adulterer or a, a, a woman or a Gentile. Oh yeah, what was he? A Pharisee. Mm. And in that parable, Jesus also talked about a tax collector who wouldn't even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, Have mercy upon me, a sinner. And Jesus said in that parable, which one of those men went home justified before God? It was the one who beat his breast and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. You see, the Pharisee compared himself to others, and that was rejected by God. But the one who had the true view, Christ's view, saw that his only prayer was a prayer for mercy. So as we look at this text this morning and first recognize, man, this is a message from Jesus this is the Lord Jesus. Oh yeah, by the, by the way, he's the one who's the beginning of God's creation. And don't misunderstand that. Not saying that he is the first created thing. No, but it's from him that all things are created. He's the beginning of creation and that creation begins in him. As John 1 tells us, he, there was nothing that was created that he himself did not create. So don't misunderstand and think that, that he's... That he's that it's saying there that Jesus is the first of God's creation. No, Jesus is the agent of creation. He is the one who created. He was there from the very beginning. And, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the same was with God in the beginning. Okay, so, so we're understanding that, that, oh, by the way, this Jesus is giving this message. He's God. He's the creator of all things. You know, so we see actually His... You know, his omniscience, his view is the true view. His is the accurate view. He knows. But he also is omnipotence. He's the one that's all-powerful and the creator of all things. And so this is what the omniscient, omnipotent, Lord, Master, exalted, risen Christ, who sees all, knows all, and has all power, this is what he says. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Mm. Well, here's what we know for sure. Lukewarmness is vomitous. I don't know if vomitous is a word. 
I may have just made that word up. Actually, no, Keith, did you look it up? Okay, so it's in the dictionary. Keith looked it up. For Thank you, Keith. Vomitous is a word. It means nauseating, disgusting, gross. You know, I mean, picture you, hot, dry, thirsty, desiring an ice-cold drink of water. And there's a cup. You grab it and take a big drink. And it is nasty, stagnant, tepid water. And your response is just, just spew it out of your mouth. Because it's just so disgusting compared to what you anticipated. Or, you know, let's say it's winter, snowing, kind of like maybe today, only maybe a little colder. And you've been out in it, and you're 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 frozen. And you're and and you're thinking, oh, if I could just have a nice big hot cup of coffee with four shots of espresso in it. I mean, that's okay. Oh, maybe not the espresso, but you know, and that because you want it to warm you up. And there's the cup, and you're anticipating this hot, tasty jolt. To warm you and energize you. And it's room temperature, gross, just kind of water poured over the grounds. Okay? If you're not a coffee lover, you're not going to appreciate this. What are you going to do when you drink that? You're going to spew it out of your mouth because it's horrible. Because it's not what you need. You know, you, you either need that cold refreshment or... You need that hot tonic, that hot energizing warming. You need it to be hot or cold. Lukewarm is useless. It's interesting, that was sort of the situation for Laodicea. They didn't have very good water, so the city of Laodicea didn't have a very good water supply. There was a river, but it was, it was muddy and, and sulfurous and just pretty much nasty and undrinkable. So water came from hot springs miles away, but it came by an aqueduct. And by the time it got to the city, it was lukewarm, which was pretty much useless. It wasn't good for cleansing, because that's, you know, that's what we use hot water for, right? Cleansing. And it wasn't cold, so it wasn't good for refreshing. It, it, was, it was useless. Lukewarmness is uselessness. That's what lukewarmness is. It's, just, it's being useless. And Jesus says, those of you who claim to follow me and are useless, you make me want to vomit. I'll spew you, spit you out of my mouth because you're nauseating to me. Because I would that you would be hot or cold. I would that you would be useful for for." cleansing and revitalizing and warming or I, I would that you would be good for refreshing but you're, you're useless you're good for neither so I spit you out of my mouth and then he goes on to say 
For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, right there we start to get at the essence of lukewarmness. And blindness and complacency. Blindness and complacency are at the essence of lukewarmness. Look, he says, you, you look at yourself and you say, man, we got it all. We're in good shape. But you don't see, you don't realize that you're, that you're poor and wretched and pitiable and blind and naked. You're blind to the spiritual reality of your own condition. You have spiritual blindness. And folks, spiritual blindness is the essence of, of lukewarmness. When we are blind to our own spiritual condition, when we're blinded to, to who we are before God, then we're on our way to lukewarmness. And then complacency. You know, like They looked at themselves, these Laodiceans, and they said, we don't need anything. We're good. We're good the way we are. That's complacency. When we come to the point, folks, spiritually in our walk with God, and our walk with Christ, as we follow Christ, if we get to the point point, say, I don't need anything else, then you know what? <laughs> we're in trouble. Lukewarmness. We're, we're in danger of being spit out, vomited up. We're in danger of being useless to Christ in the work of his kingdom. Because we're on our way to lukewarmness. When, when we're blind to our spiritual condition, when we're satisfied with where we are and think that we have no more need of Christ, no more need of Him, that we don't, eating, don't need any more of Jesus, then we're on our way, if we haven't already arrived, at lukewarmness. What does lukewarmness look like in our lives? You know, th- th- this, is, this is heart condition, this spiritual blindness and, and complacency. That's condition of the heart. But what does it look like in our lives? Well, you know, um, basically when our lives don't look any different, that's lukewarmness. When, when our lives as followers of Christ look virtually no different from the people around us, that's when we recognize we are lukewarm. Because that's exactly what was happening in Laodicea. You see, this attitude from the church at Laodicea, because remember, this is a message from Christ to the church at Laodicea. Okay? They, they said, no, we, we're, 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 we're rich, we're prosperous, we're good, we don't need anything. You see, that's exactly the attitude that the city, the city of Laodicea exhibited when the city was destroyed by an earthquake. The city of Laodicea in about 60 AD was destroyed uh, by an earthquake. And because they, that city was so rich and so self-sufficient, they said no thank you to, the, to imperial money to rebuild the city. They said, nah, we'll do it ourselves. We'll take care of it ourselves because we're so rich, because we're so prosperous, because we don't need you. We'll do it ourselves. And here's what happened. That attitude of the city of Laodicea became the attitude of the church 
at Laodicea. There was virtually no difference in the lives of those who claimed to follow Christ and those who did not. So when our lives show very little difference than the unbelieving lives, the unbelieving world, the unbelieving culture around us, when those ideas have become our ideas and those practices have become our practices, then that's a pretty good sign that we're lukewarm. And lukewarmness is also exhibited in our attitude and our obedience of God's commands. When Jesus was asked what is asked, what is the first and greatest commandment, he said it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And then he said the, the next is just like it. And that's to love your neighbor as yourself. So, when we settle for anything less than loving God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, then we've settled for lukewarmness. When we, when we settle for less than that, we've settled for lukewarmness. That's, that's what we can say about our lives when, when, when our attitude toward God's commands is, you know, I don't have to go all the way. That's the extreme. I will practice moderation. You know, moderation in all things. By the way, that is not a biblical proverb, by the way, nor a biblical idea. Jesus never said, follow me moderately. Follow me kind of part way, halfway. I only want half of your affection. You can split your affections between me and all this other stuff. Um, obey, obey me about half the time and we're good. No. The call to follow Jesus is a call to die. It's a call to follow Him with everything that we have, holding nothing back, and less than that is lukewarmness. Christ's view is the true view. Lukewarmness is disgusting. It's vomitous. And blindness and complacency are the essence of lukewarmness. So, how, how do we remedy the situation of lukewarmness? I mean, if, if this morning you find yourself identifying with lukewarmness, if, if this morning you're recognizing lukewarm areas in your own life, what do we do? How do we address lukewarmness in our lives? What's the cure for lukewarmness? Well, Jesus gives it. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. It's the richness of faith. It's, it's the covering garments of righteousness and it's true spiritual sight these things are the cure 
for lukewarmness. We, we, we overcome lukewarmness in our lives by faith in Christ. And, and by a growing, increasing faith in Him. A complete faith in Him. A rich faith in Christ. We overcome by, by righteousness and good deeds as our covering. As our garment, as we wear righteousness like a garment, as we wear good deeds, good work as, as clothing, and as our eyes are open to spiritual realities. But now here's the catch. All of this, all of this, the richness of faith, the covering garment of righteousness and the spirit and, and, and true spiritual sight, all of this all of this comes from Christ. That, that's, how, that's how we receive it. All, all of this comes in, in Christ, in fellowship and relationship with Him. Because here's the promise that Christ gives us. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. It's, it's in fellowship and relationship, intimate fellowship, and intimate relationship with Christ, in knowing him. Like, like I said a couple weeks ago when we talked about Jesus being the true vine, and you know, I tried to demonstrate you know, abiding in Christ. And, you know, I had Benny up here, and I wrapped my arms and my leg around him, was holding fast, clinging to him. You know? Again, as we cling to Christ with all that we have, when we have intimate relationship, intimate fellowship with Him, when the door is open and He is invited in and, we, and He has fellowship with us, then we receive the richness of faith, the covering garment of righteousness, and, the, and true spiritual sight. Because when Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold, you know, uh, refined in the fire so you might be rich, and, and, and garments to cover your nakedness and shame and salve for your eyes so that you can see. What's interesting about that is he's already declared us poor, pitiable, wretched, blind, and naked. How is anyone poor, pitiable, wretched, Blind and naked, going to buy anything. The point is, we have nothing to buy with. And we're blind and naked, okay? So we're blind, we can't really work to earn anything to buy with. And we're naked, so we're too ashamed to leave the closet, okay? Who's gonna, I mean, you're going to go out and try to, you know, be, you know in, in your nakedness? I hope nobody, this might be odd if somebody hears me saying this out loud, but oh, whatever. Maybe they'll be interested in coming. You know, but I mean, are you going to go out in your nakedness and earn a living in your with in your blindness and naked? No, you know, the blindness and the nakedness, the shame of that, and the poverty makes it impossible for us to buy anything. That's the point. That's the whole point. The only way to have that gold refined in the fire and be rich is as as we have intimate fellowship and relationship with Christ, we receive it as a gift of grace from Him. And the only way we're going to have those garments that cover the shame of our sin and the shame of our depravity is 
as we have intimate fellowship and a relationship with Him, He covers us with His righteousness and empowers us for the good deeds that He has set aside, set up for us in advance that we would walk in them. We only see spiritually the reality of our condition as we have intimate fellowship and relationship with Christ and He opens our eyes so that we can see. That's, in short, the, the way we overcome lukewarmness is Christ. In Him, in Christ alone, we overcome lukewarmness and we become that white, hot, usable vessel. I mixed my metaphors. You know, vessel for Him. You know, that, that's, that's how that becomes a reality in our lives. And, and so, what's our response? Our response is zeal and repentance. If you and I begin to examine and find lukewarmness in our lives, then here's how we respond. With zeal in Christ, zeal in knowing Him, zeal in seeking Him, zeal in hearing His voice, opening the door and receiving Him to have fellowship with us and eat with us and bring that gold, that that. The, the richness of faith and the and the covering garments of righteousness and that spiritual side. Zeal in pursuing Christ. Zeal in knowing Him. And repentance from our sin of blindness and complacency and, and lack of love and selfishness and self-centeredness. And, and here's the deal. Here... Here's what we have to realize and understand. It's not enough to identify lukewarmness. Okay? Jesus didn't stop with identifying lukewarmness. He didn't stop with, you think you have no need, you say that you are prosperous and rich and need nothing, and you don't realize that you are poor and pitiable and wretched and blind and naked, therefore... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He didn't stop there. That's not the end of it. Just identifying lukewarmness is not enough. With zeal and repentance, we overcome, eradicate lukewarmness in our own lives. Zeal in knowing and following Christ and repentance, turning from our sin. If you and I identify lukewarmness in our lives, we don't need to simply do better. I mean, we might need to also do better, but that's not it. We must repent. We gotta, and, and repentance is hard work, takes commitment, and it could be painful because it's self-denial. Because repentance is to stop and turn and go the other way. 
So if I'm if I'm living in the direction of lukewarmness, I've developed a pattern that I like, and but I have to repent of that. I have to turn from that, and it's going to mean that I do some take some risks and and change some behaviors and and increase you know some ways of living toward God and Christ, and that takes some work on my part. I'm not through my zeal and my repentance. I don't earn the riches of faith of the coming. That's still a gift of grace. You know, that's still Christ doing that work. But man, you and I, we still have to exhibit zeal and turn from our sin. And those things also are a gift from God and Christ and they're empowered by Him. But we still have to walk in those ways. Okay? Again, it's just, I think Caleb made reference to this earlier when I was leading us in worship. This doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't just happen by accident. We don't just like stumble upon that. Okay? Now, here's what's here's Christ's promise. We get him. That's that's the real promise. He says, To those who conquer, they will sit with me. My right hand, my throne in heaven, just as I've conquered and sit by my father. Okay? The promise is Him. We get Him. Of course, He also said, you know, I stand at the door and knock, and anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into Him and eat with Him and have fellowship with Him. Him, He, Jesus, Christ is the promise. That's the reward that we receive. It's, it's ironic as we seek Christ, the greatest reward we receive is Christ. You know, and as we receive Him and grow in that intimate fellowship and relationship with Him, then there is no lukewarmness in our lives. So, you know, what do we do with all of this? Well, first of all, I want to suggest that as individuals, you spend some time in the days, maybe even weeks ahead, prayerfully self-examining your life and identifying lukewarmness, and then with zeal and repentance, seek Christ in fellowship and relationship with Him and enjoy that. And receive that. And see your life changed from uselessness to usefulness to Christ. You know, I, I want to change something in what I just said. I think I said prayerful self-examination. What I mean to say is prayerful Christ examination. Because Christ's view is the true view. Okay? So let me change it. I'm change. I want... The challenge to you and I personally is prayerful Christ examination. Let Christ, by His Spirit, through His Word, examine your life and reveal to you and show to you areas of lukewarmness so that you might flee to Christ and embrace Him in fellowship and relationship, clinging to Him and have your life changed and transformed that you might be useful, that you might be Hot, useful for cleansing, or cold, useful for refreshing. But also, there's a community application. I think it's appropriate for us as a body of Christ, as Redeemer Church, to prayerfully Christ examine. Have we grown lukewarm as a body of Christ? You might be thinking, well, come on, Jim, I mean, we just... 
we've only been meeting for Sunday worship for three months. November, first Sunday in November was our soft launch, and here it is, not even the first Sunday in January. So surely we haven't grown lukewarm in that time. I don't know. I mean, have we? Can we just sit here and say, oh, no, we're not lukewarm. We have, that hasn't happened to us. I mean, can we say that without any examination? I don't think we can. I think there needs to be some Christ examination of us as a body, as a community of faith. And I think a great place to start is with our vision. There it is. Our vision. And and here's the thing. The vision is the God-given picture of what we are becoming as a church, what the future holds. Okay? And... Here's the deal, because this is what we believe God has led us to to be and to work toward, then certainly as we live out this, hold this vision and live it out, we're going to avoid lukewarmness. Because it begins with, because we exist to exalt Christ. And and isn't that what, isn't that the, the antidote for lukewarmness? Is exalting Christ because we exist to exalt Christ. We strive to see lives transformed to the glory of God through the proclamation of the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit to all peoples. That vision, again, we believe God's given us that. He's, that's the direction He sent us as a community of faith, and we're working towards that. It's a picture of the future uh, that God has given for us. And as we have that vision in front of us and are committed to that vision, yes, that's going to protect us, in a sense, from lukewarmness as a body. But then also there's our mission. Here's our mission. Our mission at Redeemer Church is to build redemptive communities of gospel-centered people. That's what we're doing day to day to get to the vision. That's what mission is. Mission is how we live now to see the vision fulfilled. What we do on a daily basis to work toward the fulfillment of that vision. Again, man, if, if we're living with this as our mission, as a body of Christ, as a community of faith, is, is to build redemptive communities of gospel-centered people, you know, it's going to be hard for lukewarmness to find its way into our life as a body of Christ. So there also needs to be, I think, as a body of Christ, some Christ examination. As, as Redeemer Church, some Christ examination and and maybe some recommitment and reacquainting ourselves with a vision and mission. I want to encourage you, if you're a regular part of Redeemer Church, if you're part of our core team, launch team, or just or, or want to be, <laughs> you know, then go to our website, RedeemerChurchCU.com, and read over the vision and the mission and the goals of the mission and the core values of you know. What we have stated our church is about, and and let's see, you know, is that still descriptive of Redeemer Church? Is there is there a place for a, a refreshing and recommitment to that vision and that mission and those goals and those core values in our life as a body? You know, does that need to happen? That's some questions that, that, that we as a body also need to answer. And I would challenge us to answer together in the days and weeks ahead as we move forward with the vision and mission that God has given and granted to us. 
Hey, I want to thank you this morning for your attention and your attendance. Man, those are valuable. I want us to pray together, and then we're going to have some, uh, uh, we're going to sing again, have a little bit of response. Um, so why don't you just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, <laughs> God, we don't want to be lukewarm. Lukewarmness is not what we desire to characterize our lives as followers of Christ, nor do we want lukewarmness to characterize us as a community of faith, as a Redeemer Church. God, keep us from lukewarmness. For your glory and for your honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.